You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Fresh for your ears. Tell everybody. It's the new podcast from the producers of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. Produced and hosted by Donnie Opex of No Credits Production. Comes the eclectic. Interviews with difference makers, artists, authors, Old thinkers, people we love who get shit done. Our guest is Idris Goodman. Idris is the director of the Colorado Springs Fine Arts Center at Colorado Springs. Now he's the first black man to hold that position in its 100-year history. Prior to this, Goodman served for two seasons as a producing artistic director of Stage One Family Theater in Louisville, Kentucky. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, one thing I'd like to start all our conversation with is something my mentor, Dr. Vincent Hardy, taught me. He says, please share with us your full name, your mama's name, your mama's mama's Uh name, your father, if you prefer, or you want to add, and where you spent your childhood. That's great. Uh, So my name is Idris Lamar Goodwin. Uh, My mother's name is uh, Patricia Ann Davis Goodwin. And her mother's name was Ruth Davis. Uh, Ruth, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her maiden name. I'm a bad grandson. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Um, My father's name is uh, Donald Edward Goodwin. His his mom's name was uh, Thelma Greer Goodwin. Um, And uh, I spent my childhood in in and around uh, the city of Detroit. Uh, I was born in Detroit, Michigan. I lived on the northwest side of the city for about eight or nine years and then moved to a neighboring suburb, uh, Rochester Hills, um, until I was 19 and then moved uh, just a few days shy of my 19th birthday to Chicago, Illinois. I was very much a wet behind the ears baby boy when I moved to Chicago. So Chicago definitely, I finished my growing up there too. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Dr. Hart always said that's the way you get to really get to know people is just talking about their family and how they spent their childhood mm-hmm. and those kind of things. So I'm going to ask you, do you ever grow weary of that phrase, the first black, as in the past they referred to the first colored, the first Negro, and on and on. Do you ever get <laughs> tired of that phrase? No, bro, because that's, 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 that's what we're doing. We, we, we out here pioneering. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We're, we're making, we are making history. I mean, it, you know, I mean, if you look at the timeline of, of, you know, how long the slavery industry went on, how many centuries of that, if you think about how many generations of 
you know, children and mothers and fathers and grandparents done come and gone whose stories and names we'll never know. You know, and then if you think about how long, you know, you know, since the Emancipation Proclamation and Juneteenth occurred to the hundred years it took to pass civil rights legislation, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, when my parents, my parents were born, you know, Jim Crow was still in effect. You know what I mean? In in the South. You know, my, what did you say? I said full effect. Yeah, it was in full effect. I mean, the bus boycotts on, they were, they were like my son's age. You know what mm. I'm saying? When they, when Rosa Parks did her thing, you know, they were like my son's age. They was like nine, ten years old, you mm. know? So we got, we got work to do. We out here grinding. So yeah, I mean, you know, I've been the first black a few times, um, <laughs> uh, and and that's okay. And I'm gonna, you know, and I'm a I'm a writer, and I've never written a full nonfiction book, but I'm gonna write a nonfiction book about my experiences in the world of of of, of, of the arts. You know, um, as a person of color who does not, who definitely comes from creative people or from performers, but mm-hmm. no professional artists so i'm the first in my family to do that as a career you know so these are you know when i say that it 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 is not i I say that with a great level of pride i don't say that as any kind of diminishing anything you know beautiful that's a great answer i appreciate that so much because i've been asked that question myself and i didn't respond as 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 greatly as you did but i did say the same thing you know i'm just honored that I can be that, you know, I can be yeah. at the table, at the seat, uh, you know, wherever your place may be, that you can be the first so that you can open up that door for the next one, you know, and the next one, right. the next one after that. Exactly. You know? So that's what exactly. we're here for. We're still grinding, still grinding. So I'm going to ask it, you too about growing up in Detroit. Now you mm-hmm. grew up at a time that um, hip hop was really rising. Who did you listen yes, to indeed. before and during your early writing journey there? I know I became very familiar <clears throat> with Jay Diller when I directed Skeleton yeah. Crew. Um, that I hadn't nice. been until that time, but man, what an influence and what a powerful, powerful artist he was. So who did you who did you listen to to help you with your writing or just to inspire you? Well, first off, I was just listening to Jay Diller last night. No lie, I was bumping Donuts, mm. which is one of my favorite albums of all time. <laughs> and I actually just reserved at my library. There's a new book by Dan Charnas coming out about him called Diller Time, which I'm very excited about. I was born in 77, <clears throat> which means I was two years old, you know, in the in the, in the basement during my parents' house parties they used to have back in the day, yes. you know, listening to Rapper's Delight, right? Oh you goodness. know, so I, I've, it's just been around my whole life. I mean, the Run DMC moment, <clears throat> you know, when, they, when those guys exploded, you know, I was maybe about, you know, eight, you know, nine, you know, so... You know, when I have all my older cousins, my older brother, I mean, that that, that was the sound of Detroit then was Run DMC, the Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, all of that stuff. Mm. And then, you know, when I'm when I'm getting ready to go to college, you know, I'm getting the Fugees and I'm getting Notorious B.I.G. Yes. and, you know, Tupac. And, and, and so hip hop music 
has just been the soundtrack literally to my whole life. I, I, I plot my life out with certain albums. And, mm. you know, in terms of my interest in language and poetry and, and lyricism definitely comes from listening, you know, being just mesmerized by Big Daddy Kane yes. in 88 and Chuck D and, you know, Karis One and all the messages and the, you know, the message, because again, I'm, I'm coming up at a time where, you know, this, this is not the Google era, right? This is like, if it ain't whatever's in your little encyclopedia Britannica, if you're lucky enough to have one in your house, that's, that's all, you know. That's right. And so, you know, the na names like Stokely Carmichael and Megger Evers and Maya Angel, you know, all these names, I'm getting some of them from my parents and some of them at church, but like, I'm getting it so densely in the music because the rhyme form. So I'm, it, they're making these names, parts of the songs, yes. right? So, so, you know, it's now, now, you know, Malcolm X and Eldridge Cleaver is, is a lyric. <clears throat> it's part of a song. You know, it's not just a name to know. It's part of, it's a lyric. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so that, that, and, and so for me, you know, and, and because, you know, hip hop music is on the tree of black art, which is the, is the history, is the documentation of the history. You know, it's opening, you know, it's through hip hop that I learned about jazz. It's through hip hop that I learned about gospel. It's through hip hop that I learned about you know, poetry and black poets and black playwrights and painters, you know, it's through hip hop opened me up to my, my inheritance, so to speak. Mm, mm. Your continuation of the, the black experience in America. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, again, before the internet, that's how the word got around. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, you know, the black church and hip hop music was how the word got around. I always say it was our modern day drum, you know, hip hop yes, modern day drum, you know, so it, yep. it told us so much. You open up our eyes and everything for me coming up. I'm older than you. So coming up from you is the last poets and people like that, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. Heron and, you know, oh, yeah. Oscar Brown Jr. So now I just evolved. Yeah, those into, are the godfathers. The godfathers. Yeah. So you just transitioned into now the new artist that I love, too. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that as well, too. So now let's let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about your Chicago days. Now you said you were 19 years old. There's there about and grew really grew up in Chicago. Let's talk about the Chicago experience. <laughs> Man, well, you know, I mean, I definitely went crazy. I mean, I you know, I had a very middle class upbringing. Very you know, came up with with very very hip but very responsible you know, parents, um, and, you know, was in the burbs and, 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 you know, and then I, I'm now in this, this city and it's just open and there's trains and buses and I can go anywhere and there's movie theaters and, and, and theater, you know, you know, live theaters and music venues. And so I was just out, I was just out, you know, I mean, I was in college learning, learning film and, and learning different equipment and techniques and film history but really man the city educated me so much you know all the museums and it was the thing i've been waiting for i feel like my whole life i've always known that i was interested in the arts and creativity i've always i've never had i've never wanted to be anything else and there was no fireman no lawyer no doctor no basketball <laughs> player. i mean you know, my basketball games got dashed really quickly. <laughs> very quickly, I got I got sobered up to reality very quickly. But um, so I, I went to I wasn't you know a lot of kids man they go to school you know and I've taught in college and stuff a lot of young people 
go and they don't really know what they're doing just yet. Yes. You know, they, they're really not sure what they want to do. I wasn't. I hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. I knew exactly what I was interested in. So Chicago was just approving. It was a proving ground. It was a laboratory. It was where I had some hard lessons. It's where I, I had some great successes. It's where I've had great loves and great friendships and great betrayals and, you know, all of that. I mean, it's yeah. really like this. It's like the stuff of a coming of age book. You know, it's like it was just I mean, I wrote a play called The Realness, one of the plays in my Breakbeat series, um, which is very much sort of based on, you know, my adventures and, you know, moving from the suburbs of the Midwest, you know, to a to a city, you know, a big Midwestern city. And um you know, and so, yeah, so Chicago, I mean, that's where I started writing plays and started making hip hop music and, you know, performing and like be, getting reviews. And like, it's where I started learning what it means to be a working artist mm. Chicago, and great. a teacher. And it's where I started teaching, too. Really? Yeah. OK. <clears throat> Uh, you have such a, a real interest in working with young people and writing for young people too. And we'll we'll talk about the other yeah. part that you do too. What do you think that stems from? Um, you know, I think it it really <clears throat> comes from the fact that I, <clears throat> you know, my childhood was was great. You know, I was very blessed in in a lot of ways. But you know, my journey in education was kind of fraught. You know, I, I just, I never quite felt like I could keep up. I never quite felt confident. Um, you know, I'm sure I had some kind of undiagnosed ADHD or something like that, you know. Um, and, you know, both, both my parents were super students, you know, and, and, and I was very not. So it was a very, you know, there was a lot of shame and a lot of, frustration you know i was also a knucklehead too i also i mean not not dangerous but i you know i i was just very interested in the world you know i just wanted to be i i was i was a different kind of learner i think and um so i just think it was kind of mis mismatched you know and so once i had the opportunity to start teaching and i really sort of fell into it i mean chicago's got this great community of teaching artists and so i fell into this sort of teaching artist community and that's what opened my eyes to it. And I realized, wow, like I actually really do have something to contribute. But really all it was, man, is it was just me trying to be the version, me trying to be the person that I wish I had met when I was 15, gotcha. 14. You know, I had, had my little rap books and my little sketch pads right mm -hmm. and you know you know and, and ne next to my you know i had all these papers with red marks and and bad grades on them but then i had all of these <laughs> other things that i had done on my own right like i had stories and i had scripts and i had you know and i taught myself how to do that stuff you know what i'm saying like i didn't go to no programs there was i didn't do any of that it was just self-taught mm -hmm. and and i didn't have anyone to really look at those things and say hey man you know you should do this like this and you should move this and you should read this and you should so i'm i'm trying to be that person out in the world for 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 young people on their journey um and then you just start getting better you start meeting really great teachers and you start reading you learn words like pedagogy and <laughs> curriculum and you know and flash forward i'm i'm teacher of the year uh at colorado college in 2015, I'm, nice. I'm the, the students voted me teacher of the year. Who knew? Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's been a very odd and very, but very beautiful uh, experience, and I'm and I'm still not done. You know. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, life is one of the greatest teachers. And apparently you want a great learner, too, because you learn from life. And now you're able to put that out into the world for other people to learn and take what the, yeah. and do with the, what they want to do. We're speaking That's with right. Idris Goodwin. Right. He is a 2021 United States Artist Fellow. And that is recognized as a cultural bearer. That's for sure. Who celebrates community values and cultivates histories with care. I love that. I love that phrase. What is that award for you to do or is it affording you to do when it comes to your work or just you personally? Um, you know, it, it really, man, the most valuable thing about it, to be honest, is it's just the um, every time every time you you get, you know, a, a, a commission or you get to work somewhere, or you get an award. It's just it just sort of goes it's just like another patch on the quilt <laughs> yeah. of, of, of your professional career. You know, it's just another, it's like, it's like, you know, when you see uh, boy scouts, you know, with their merit badges, the girl scouts with their badges, right. It's just, for me, it's just like some people I don't even know, right. Decided, you know, this guy is, is, is the real thing. This guy's got something to contribute. Yes. And that's, that's, that's all I've ever wanted. I've just wanted to be taken serious. I've just wanted to do some good and, and to contribute and for people to say, wow, thank you. That, that actually is useful. That, that's helped me and that's helped my community in, in ways. And I don't even know these people, you know? So honestly that it's, it's afforded me just the opportunity to keep, to keep going and keep doing my thing, right. you know, to have a career and keep feeding my, my family with this, you know, and sort of build my legacy with this. I love that. I love that. Um, so I'll, let's talk about a couple of your pieces. <clears throat> Hype Man is yeah. one I want to talk about yeah. a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the sure. creation of Hype Man. And then after that, I want to talk about um, <laughs> nothing rhymes with Juneteenth. And I'll tell you why. That's why I want to talk about that one. <laughs> well, we'll start with Hype For Man sure. first. Yeah, Hype Man is, uh, so it's the third in my Breakbeat Play series, which are some, these plays I'm writing. Um, so far, there's uh, there's four Three have been produced, uh, two are in development. Um, so that makes six total. Uh, so anyway, so the first one is How We Got On. The second one is The Realness. Hype Man is the third, or technically the fourth. But anyway, you can edit all this out later. Sorry, it's confusing. Anyway, so <laughs> I, so in, 20, in 2015, um, you know, we, we were in, we were towards the end of, of, of Obama's second term. There was this steadily growing sort of new kind of um, 
you know, there's this new form of white supremacy, if we're just going to be honest, mm-hmm, you know, absolutely. like that started with the, with, the, with the Tea Party, quote unquote, the Tea Party, <clears throat> um, and was starting to culminate around, you know, this, this phrase, Black Lives Matter, that was shockingly a divisive phrase for some reason. Um, and in that, I, I started thinking about, oh, then I, I heard a rapper, I heard this rapper named David Banner say this line he Out says where were yeah oh wow that's what's up that's what's up that's also where my uh grandmother ruth uh davis comes from Mississippi. Okay. my mom's okay. side comes from Mississippi. um uh uh he said uh where were all the white rappers when mike brown got gunned down mm. no he said where, where were all the white rappers standing up yeah where were all the white rappers standing up when mike brown got gunned down and he had a point we hadn't yes. seen any white rappers stand up, right? And so it got me thinking about hip-hop and is there a responsibility, right? Like, is there a contract? What's on the contract, right? When, when somebody decides I'm going to do hip-hop, what is the contract? Because for me, that contract was like, you got to be nice with it. You got you to gotta be, you got to have craft, right? You got to be a good and proficient at your art form, but you also have to say something and you have to represent. It doesn't mean you have to be politically correct. It doesn't mean that you, you can't explore the whole um, uh, galaxy of your contradictions, but it does mean you have to represent. And certainly it means that you have to acknowledge the tree from which hip hop comes from, right? And so that means when when the when the when the black symbol when the black bat symbol goes up in the air, right? You pick up that microphone and you say what you got to say. And so it made me wonder about all the 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 you know, the the relationships I had with white folks throughout my life that where hip hop played a part. And it made me think about, did we ever talk about race? Was race ever a factor? And it got me thinking about, you know, music groups and hip hop groups that I used to be in that were multiracial. And, you know, I would be the one who would be out at the open mics and out at all the clubs and making relationships. But when it would become time to book the show, I would send the white member of my group, you know, to, to go talk to the booking agent because mm-hmm. they'd be more comfortable talking to somebody white mm-hmm. versus somebody black, even though I was the one who would be in those clubs all the time, mm-hmm. right? And even the, the only reason that they're interested in talking to us is because I was in there building those relationships. But when it came down to, down to okay, we're going to actually open our stage to you and open our venue to you, you know, we would send the white guy because they'd be more comfortable talking to another white guy because it was always a white guy who was a gatekeeper, right? Right, right? So all of that to say, I wanted to write a play that was, you know, not set in another era like the other two were. You know, the other two were kind of steeped in nostalgia, you know, how we got on set in 88, the realness is set in 96. I was like, no, this is a play that's right now right now being 2015, the sort of precipice between Obama and and Trump and this sort of new resurgence of sort of this sort of um, toxic, you know, white rage. And it was like, it's about an interracial hip hop group, you know, and they're on the quote unquote on the same side. And there's this question of like, how far will you go? How far will you put yourself on the line for, other people who people people who don't look like you right Mm -hmm. like you know and so that's what it's a meditation on right um friendship but also like you know what is the what is your obligation to you know when it comes to doing black art forms you know because for us it's 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 not just entertainment it's not just it's it's our 
it's our history. And you saw, you saw like Eminem, you know, Eminem went on to the BC awards and like a lot of people clowned him for this, this video, but like, you know, this is one of the biggest music artists in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and much beloved by a lot of white folks who, who, you know, no music completely acapella, you know, very much stated, you know, his, his criticisms of, 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 of Trump and of, you know, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole sort of resurgence, you know what I mean? But, you know, he did that in like 2021. And so it's like, where was he in 2015? You know? Exactly. So anyway, so that's what the play's dealing with. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And then um, nothing rhymes with Juneteenth. Oh, okay, so nothing rhymes with Juneteenth is in. Um, it's part of the free play, my free play series. Uh, free play is a project I launched in 2020, which is essentially like short scripts. Any, they're just available. Anybody can take them. Anybody can produce them. Do whatever they want with them. It's my contribution to the dis- the collective discourse okay. using drama. So, um, nothing rounds with Juneteenth was is just a piece. You know, it's it's. I wanted to write something multi generational. You know, for an adult and a child to do together. Um, I wanted to write something that was kind of positive and 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 not you know not not super heavy, um, uh, but but about something and was kind of about you know we were starting to have this public conversation about Juneteenth you know and um, you know I kind of wanted to to do a play that was you know would would actually inform the people who read the play and heard the play about that holiday right so it's kind of a a meta play it's like a play you know it's a play about a play kind of like it's a play about a performance um it's about a kid who's got to give us who's got to do an assignment and is doing their assignment on juneteenth and is trying to perfect the perfect sort of juneteenth rap uh because as i said before it's like you know, rap is a great vehicle, you know, because then it's like Juneteenth is no longer just a word. It becomes a lyric, you know. I love it. I love it. Uh, I can't wait to, to read it. You know, as I said, I have a project called 19 on 19, uh, born and raised in Texas, born on June 19th, mm. you know, June Wow. 10th, having a party and barbecuing and red soda water and everything when I was born because I was born at home. You know, through a midwife and all that kind of stuff. So I, um, it's very near wow. and dear to me, and I've been speaking about it probably for about ten years or so about the holiday right itself. So um, yeah, I can't wait wow. to do that. I think that maybe that's something myself and my um, my uh, grandson, my youngest grandson, would do. He's ten. There you go. So um, oh, that's so, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So like perfect. Perfect thing to do. So that's why I appreciate you writing uh, for you know for everyone, but also uh, really having an ear and an eye for a young audience and what they can do. With your oh words yeah, for and your, sure. And your wisdom, yeah. Something I want to touch on for sure. before we wrap these things up. We got a few minutes, though. No, no rush, unless you have to rush out. I want to talk about uh, a place in Chicago too that I know you associated with. Uh, at least you were. Uh, I don't know if you still are. The Haymaker Haymarket uh, Books. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Are you still, are still associated with them. Well, so they put out my book, my 2019. Well, I've done a few titles with them. I've done um, uh, a book called Human Highlight, which I co-wrote with Kevin Koval. Um, also, um, uh, a book called Oh, This Is Modern Art, which is a play that I also co-wrote with Kevin Koval, um, as well as my more recent poetry book, Can I Kick It, uh, which is a collection that's that's there. They also put out a chapbook that I did with a poet from here in the Springs named Nico Wilkinson. 
uh, called Inauguration, which was which we which was about the oncoming Trump era, and we actually performed those poems at the Fine Arts Center. This is before I became the director uh, on the Inauguration Day in 2017. So yeah, I've put out a few titles uh, with 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 Haymarket. Just give and they minute. also put out my wife's book. They put out my wife's book, um, uh, 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 the anti-racist writing workshop, decolonizing, decolonizing the creative classroom. Beautiful. Let's not forget that. Okay. <laughs> might I can go home if you forget that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. No, it's it's really good. Um, so I mentioned Haymarket books because I I just love it being named after that Haymarket. A fair haymarket ride or whatever people however they want oh, to yeah. describe it that happened on may 4 mm -hmm. 1886 it became mm -hmm. a struggle uh for international mm -hmm. struggle for workers rights and so a lot of people remember that's that. right some people may call it may day um but that's that's what it's about and um they had a great discussion the other day with um with reginald betts um yep yeah you know writes about um he was incarcerated for quite some time i don't know if it related or not but one day I'm gonna do that bets on bets interview, you know. So uh, and see what we get out of it. But anyway, uh, All right, I, right. I, I wanted to mention that because Chicago is known for its, its great bookstores. You know, like a lot of cities are, but oh yeah, they're known for the great bookstores and and um, you know, Desarbo Museum and so on and so forth. You know, so I can see how it really shaped you as a young man. Uh, moving on. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, the decision, Absolutely. the decision to take this position in Colorado Springs. What what kind of led to that? Um, so I, I taught for six years here at Colorado College um, in the Department of Theater and Dance, um, but then I wanted to switch into arts administration. I wanted to get back into nonprofit work. That's where, mm. you know, that's my foundation. I did that for years in, in Chicago and other places. And um, so I, I became the artistic director of Stage One Family Theater in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a great uh, youth youth theater, um, young people on stage, professionals on stage, performing for youth summer programs, the whole nine. And um, while I was gone in that interim time, the college had begun this um, alliance process with the Fine Arts Center, um, which had been on the same bit of land um, for, for 100, you know, 90 plus years. And uh, much like our um, much like our our our, our counterparts uh, up the road, uh, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, uh, which also has um, an art gallery and a, and the Int Center and and theaters, you know, we thought, you know, they thought here at Colorado College and the Fine Arts Center, well, we should we should unite as well, you know, because that's becoming more of a model across the country of these arts organizations that are part that align with colleges because there's so much, um, it's a, it can be a beautiful symbiosis. Absolutely. And so they were looking for a new exec executive director to kind of help them move on to, you know, move into a new chapter. And I, I was very interested into it. You know, as you know, I have an interest in education and theater and poetry and all these things. And so, you know, it's a multidisciplinary arts entity. So it just, to me, it made sense. I mean, I'm interested in arts leadership and arts management. Um, I'm interested in all the different art forms and how they converge. Um, interested in education, so it was a, it was a great uh, thing. The only the only downside is I started at the same time as the pandemic started, so that's been. Uh, <laughs> right. I wouldn't recommend that to any listeners. Don't start a new job um, if you can help it uh, at the start of a pandemic. Yeah, that's very good advice. I think the last day before you, uh, Idris, we were speaking with Idris Goodwin, the um, director of Colorado Springs Fine Arts Center in Colorado Springs, a great uh, a poet, um, 
as you said, administrator, as award-winning playwright, uh, director, educator, organizer. What doesn't he do is probably the more way to put it, the better way to put it. I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation we were going to talk, touch on a little bit about We See You White Theater. And yeah. What comment would you have on that document? And where do you think we stand now as an industry when it comes to having people of color be in front of, behind, in arts administration, so on and so forth? Do you think that in these last two years or so, there's been any type of progress? I know there's a lot of different I mean, positions. yes. I mean, yeah. I, I, no, I mean, listen, a lot of what's in that document is what certainly what people of artists of color have been talking about amongst each other and in the show. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like we've been talking about that in the lobby of these places for years. So it's been a lot, it was a long time coming and, and to me, but, but what's great about it is, you know, it it took the form of um, an official document, Mm -hmm. right? Which is like, if you're going to go, if you're going to try to start a movement, um, you got to get organized. You got to put things on paper. You got to make those demands clear. You got to give a roadmap, and that's that's the best thing about it. Is they were like, here's the cr- criticism, but here's 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 how it changes, right? Here's how we can change it. And so, to me, it took it took decades upon decades to create these problems. So yeah, it's going to take a little minute to fix them, right? So and then again, it dropped it dropped during the pandemic. So. You know, we've been a little challenged, but it's also, you know, what what a perfect time to to foment those changes. So, any anything, man, anything that calls for any kind of equity or productive change, I think is a good is never a bad thing. And we certainly, my, the theater company here at the Fine Arts Center has definitely spent a lot of time with that document. Definitely refers to it a lot. Constantly trying to push ahead, you know, and and make changes. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. Uh, but we're aware of it. We take it seriously. We wanna, we wanna work towards, you know, being being exemplary. You know, we wanna, we want, because we do think uh, it's not just like a niche, a niche thing or something that we put on the, uh, uh, you know, on in the in, uh, on the on the cork board to talk about right. later. It's right. it's it's right. guiding all of our decisions. You know, as best we can. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you're right. It's just the beginning. It's just the very beginning. If it took decades to oh, yeah. ingrain, it's gonna take decades to ungrain but hopefully not as oh, many yeah. decades as it took to ingrain so that's right we've been so blessed and honored to have you as our guest on the eclectic today which is part of destination Fino black radio days and we look forward to speaking to you again somewhere down the line if you if you so honor us of course man thank you for reaching out and uh, thanks for having me and giving me this opportunity all right take good care I'm Donnie Betts, and this is The Eclectic. It's produced by Donnie L. Betts and No Crunch Production, LLC. You're listening to The Eclectic. The series is mixed by Maurice Smith, a.k.a. Reese. Please subscribe to our podcast at Spotify, Radio Public, iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook at NoCreditsProductionLLC.com, Instagram, on Twitter at Donnie Betts, or at The Eclectic, the podcast. I'm Donnie Betts. Talk to you soon.
wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 